you know, I always just trusted that. I felt called to share it in the different times that I did. Oftentimes where I was like, shoot, I shouldn't have shared that. Like I shared it on The Bachelor on national television. I was like, the thing is, this is what my soulmate's going to be like. And this is Uh who he is. You know, I look like a total fool to most people. But nothing (laughs) has been more validating to be like, yeah, I didn't seem five years ago like I knew what I was talking about. But you know, who's laughing now? What you just said is like, I'm going to look so foolish if I end up being wrong. That thought is what usually blocks people from like the last step. Happy numbers, happy times. My name is Andrew Gabalich, numerologist and founder of Teledivity, the world's most loved numerology platform, numerology mobile application, numerology pocket life coach. You are listening to the Calculating Route show, where all I do, all we care about is performing live numerology readings and having unstructured conversations with some of our platform's most interesting thinkers and thought leaders, incredible people from around the world who have something to say, something to teach us, a unique perspective about the times we're going through, the changes we're navigating as a planet, the ways we can use them as opportunities, the things we need to do to reconnect with our purpose in this grander story, and finding joy hiding beneath the chaos. We don't do interviews in this show. We just dive into our guests' numerology charts, and then we just let serendipity take the conversation where it must. If you've been on our platform for a while, you know one thing. All we really care about is letting the universe take the wheel and surprise us happy accidents. So that's exactly what this show is all about. I have no prepared questions. Our guests have no prepared pitches. They're not here to sell anything. They're here to talk about life and share with me everything they know about the future and every perspective we've been missing. If you're here with us today, well then you know what? Maybe the universe wants you to be a part of the serendipity too. Maybe there's something hiding inside our conversation just for you. I'm Andrew Gabalich and this is Calculating Route. You could tell that fall of last year, September, October, is when things really started coming together for your business. Before that, it was going through all these like renovation phases, like this, and then 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 this. And when it was kind of like, just kind of like finding its place in the universe and like figuring out like different roles and different approaches and everything. And then it feels like something shifted around September, October, where you kind of like, whether or not it was implemented right away, you kind of just started seeing like the larger story and the long-term kind of like the, the big North Star of it. Whereas before it was like about like expanding the approach you had all, like today, but there's something larger that came together around that date. And that also aligned with like just bigger, probably like bigger, like, financial opportunities that there were before. And it feels like like things are gelling quicker. There's less friction around how it's going. Does that sound appropriate? That like, it's just, it just looks like October last year was a big shift because you had like, you personally had been under the same energy since 2014, since, uh, since uh, age 27. And it was this kind of like this period of your life where like the theme was freedom and kind of like like coming into your own. But with that came a lot of, I'll call it instability, even though like maybe it wasn't like the, the lower vibration of instability, but it was like, you kind of like had to keep uh, redoing your plans. And then it was this, but then it was that. And then like this city and then that city and like the travel and like launching a an infopreneur 
service business like you did is very aligned with that because it's about like individual personal freedom and it is about the five is is very connected to these concepts of i don't like to use the law of attraction branding anymore but like that's what we all understand it to be like it's about like how you can kind of like not control but redirect the situations of your life with with your joy your positivity in your mind and that whole period 2014 to october last year was about kind of like stepping into those concepts and kind of like learning how to drive that car for the first time and you came out of it a pro and that shift kind of like signified now i know what i'm doing does that how does that yeah sound? well i just i think i'm still <laughs> i'm like still i haven't quite fully <laughs> landed into it like i think i started okay. to get in clarity around that around that point like i really started mm -hmm. to finally drop into seeing the business as a business and something that i've like fully formed now mm -hmm. and i think the shift that started to happen around last fall but again i had it hasn't all fully clicked like that gelling part it's not quite in the gelling yet but that energy of being like okay this is a business i've formed this business over these last years i no longer feel called to create anything new i have these structures that are so solid now instead of me continually following this creativity and freedom and flow it's really thinking from a much more strategic point of view of how do i grow these things how do i continue to let these things support me that will continue to support my lifestyle and the things that i want to study and grow into and so there has been a shift in energy ever since last fall, but I have not. Yeah. I still, now there's so, a different kind of trial and error period that I'm yeah. currently in. This kind of like line, this shift is happening before the end of the year. Cause you were, you're fresh that, to this I feel that, vibration. I feel that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a few months, you'll see it. Like, it's just like, you're like in the finishing touches. It's just like one, two, three, four, five final ingredients and boom. That's what I'm really, I honestly do. I do feel it because I've been at the point where I'm like, I just want to throw in the towel at this thing. I just want to not approach this. But then I know intrinsically that I, I'm supposed to keep going with it. I'm supposed to keep moving yeah. forward. And so I really have felt, um, I really have felt this is kind of my last, I feel like even though I know that it won't be, but I feel like it's my last kick at the can. Like I'm going to really try mm -hmm. and move forward with this thing and, and, grow it in the way that I think that I want to. And I think it's going to, I do actually think that it's going to click between now and the end of the year. I'm just curious about how and what, and what eventually makes that. But part of it is I think the energy. Now I'm so clear, these courses are great. So the approach to it and the approach to the mm -hmm. work becomes very different. So I can't wait to see what happens. In terms of how, what I can describe for you is kind of like um, the part of the, your chart that I'm looking at is called the personal essence number, which rules more than kind of like the events of the external world. It rules like kind of like where your mind is at that age, like what part of your personality is the most activated and what part of your personality is kind of like ruling. And over that period and you like 2014 was a big kind of like like transformational year for you and that's when you first kind of like activated this part of your mind which is like the part that a wants to be free but b like is more attracted to adventure and experiences and just kind of like epic memories than it is to things that are more ethereal or more uh more related to the material world like and not just money but like systems and processes and planning 
and a larger vision and also very related to to the shift leadership and managing a team so like because your mind was more attracted to these things and these things it becomes part of what you bring into your life but that's not necessarily like there's nothing wrong about this or bad. Like you look at that chapter of your life. It's like, you should have been like this. No, 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 no. That was part of the process to getting all the ingredients that you're now going to be using. So it wasn't time to get that grounded. It was time to kind of experiment and uh, figure out what it is that you're actually talking about. Because I think, um, and I think every uh, creator goes through this process and I've loved like I've loved it for myself and I love charting it for myself. And I uh, I know that like we all go through it. It's like when we begin, we want to help other people on this particular topic. But all we know is kind of like summarizing what somebody else said or summarizing the techniques of somebody else that like it's, it's not like copying because uh, it's still like our original content, but it's we're working with concepts that were already there. And then over time, as we grow, as and as kind of like the experience of creation takes us on our own journey and it always like entrepreneurship or content creation will will help like will accelerate your growth as a being because it just brings up all the stuff that wasn't clean before then you figure out like oh like this is this is my thing and this is nobody's talking about this this is new and then you start kind of like putting that out there and now you have something new to add to the table and I think that that period was mm -hmm. less about systems and building a business and more about figuring out what new thing you were like, what was your perspective on these topics that was adding that you couldn't get from anybody else? Do you feel like that's come together now? For sure. Well, 2014 was the year when I really started to awaken in a new way. It's what I really started to meditate is when I really started to realize that there was a different way of living. And that was my big kind of aha of, wait a second, this life as a lawyer, that it's so interesting that you say like very material structure system based, like I said, I was so on that trajectory and all of a sudden in 2014, I got into that life and I started to question, do I actually want this? If there's something different. And then I started to dive really deeply into spirituality. I was traveling a lot too. So it's so interesting because I, I come so much from that world of system mm -hmm. structures follow the path. And, and that actually felt really good for me when I was in it. And then all of a sudden in 2014, I started to question everything and had these wild awakenings of what my life might look like. And it's where I had that deep knowing that my life was taking a completely different turn if I chose to take action on it, which I did. And that's where it began. And I would say in 2014, when I was finding it, I started to dive really deeply into spirituality and the biggest mm -hmm. thing that I found in that time was that I didn't connect with, there wasn't an easy and palatable way to understand those concepts. So for me, I, I was like reading Shivananda and Yogananda, like I was reading very traditional texts and very traditional approaches to spirituality. And I couldn't find anyone really, except later I found Gabrielle Bernstein. I remember if it was around that time later in the year. And I said, no one's really talking about this in a way that makes sense. And so I started to explore, like, how could I, how could I explain this to people? Because I think I'm normally pretty good at explaining and breaking down concepts for people. So already in 2014, I was like, this information is so powerful. If people only knew. 
how can I, you know, how could I teach this in a way that's very easy for people to understand and apply to their lives? And at the time in 2014, there was like, again, Gabby Bernstein was maybe the only person that I came across that was doing it. And I really looked up to her, but that's what I thought for sure. Even in the beginning of this journey, so you teaching meditation and you're training how to kind of like, like deconstruct it for somebody who's new to the space to actually help them. This is a version of your mission, but like the more you advance mm -hmm. and that period of five already closed, but the more you advance on it, it's still on the early stages, you're teaching meditation, which is something common. Everybody knows here. It feels like you're now have something on like to bring to the table that is like more unknown. It still makes sense in kind of like the, the structure of knowledge that maybe people who are exposed to the spirituality, uh, self-development world understand. But like, I, I really feel like just because of this charter structure, like you kind of like, you now have the thing that is like, Ooh, I never thought about this this way before. And you identified what that is and whether or not it's made it into your courses yet, it's going to, and that's what brings a shift. And once that shift is done, means the exploration is done. You also had a lot of fun and a lot of changes in your life during that time. Now you go back into the world of systems and order in service of your own project. You know, originally when I first got fascinated by meditation and spirituality, I'm like, oh, this could just help everyone to be happier <laughs> and less stressed yeah. out. And now <laughs> I think of it more intensely of like, ultimately it's about awakening people to every single thing that they're not so that they can actually just be who they actually are, which is like mm -hmm. that requires leading people on a deep internal journey to actually activate and realize that they've been living an illusion, living in a storybook that yep. probably wasn't true for a lot of people. And what I've noticed over the last while is how do you, like I've often thought, and this is sort of where I've, I continue to see myself land is I really love to get people at the moment when they're first awakening of like what what if I wasn't, you know, what, it, who, what if I'm different? What if I want to live in a different way? What if I'm, who is my authentic self? Who is my truest self? And I think that journey of helping people actually become their truest, most authentic selves is it's hard. It's almost like hard to explain. Even when I explain it in that way, it doesn't sound as deep as I know, like on a soul level that it is, but that's what I think it's, it is now. It's really taking people on that journey to actually awaken that. Now I'm curious because one thing we haven't touched on is love and relationships, which is what you are going to share with, uh, with the teledipity audience. Just the, the idea that these things that make you happier in your professional life apply to your personal life too. I do a lot of readings and I talk to people who are very successful and then suddenly either aren't finding somebody or they're realizing that uh, their marriage is coming to a close and it's very difficult. So mm -hmm. talk to me about that. Talk to me about um, mindset around finding a great relationship and what, what is a relationship in the spiritual sense? Like, why does it, why does it that matter? I mean, when it comes to relationship, really the core tenant of conscious relationship, which is something that I was always so fascinated by, like, what is the difference between just being in a relationship, being in connection with someone and what's really a conscious relationship. And I think that's what a lot of people are actually craving is, and in that it's sort of this person who's, who's come into your life and together, you're able to grow, to experience, to expand in a way that you couldn't just on your own. So when I think of, you know, 
the beautiful thing is that we can do all sorts of work on our own. We can do a lot of work professionally. We can do a lot of work personally. But what is so unique about the journey of relationship is that there's something, you know, we're an energetic body, someone else is an energy. And there's something that's so sacred and magical about someone coming into your life and being able to activate within you just by their energy, who they are more than you could activate just by yourself. And I think that that's truly the, the conscious approach to it. Why these two people choose to come together. If you believe that it's, you know, destiny in some ways that this person and you will meet and that together you're meant to inspire and expand things that you actually just couldn't do if it was just you there. I think that what happens though, and why so many people don't, you know, don't get there or don't receive that into their lives is firstly, the journey to get love is that you have to be in a place where you yourself are open and conscious. And I think that a lot of people don't do that work to open their hearts, to open up their energy, to be able to receive in that relational kind of energy. And so I think that what a lot of people do is that they focus on their careers. We're taught how to move forward in it. We're taught how to, you know, be more self-reflective of ourselves. But even when it comes to, I mean, the first part is when it comes to career, it's not like in love, typically we normally have a framework to follow, which is then why I feel like I created this framework of, hey, these are things that you might want to follow if you're, if you're actually wanting to receive in love. And the second thing is that when it comes to us, when we're doing our own personal growth work, what I notice for a lot of people is that they won't get deep into the heart. So they might they might do some growth work and they might start to reflect on themselves and experiences that they've had. But a lot of people don't do that in the context of looking at things that have affected their heart, relationships, friendships, parent relationships. And so at a certain point on your journey, you might be called to dive into that. But I think that a lot of people, when they're first focusing, they're focusing on their, their mindset around other things. And I think a lot of people don't, don't even think potentially to think of if I want to call in love and if I want a relationship, then I should be looking at this. I just call it heart work. Like there's, you know, all the things that have impacted you over the course of your life that potentially have created patterns or mindsets or different blocks that have stopped this kind of love from, from flowing to you. What's a, an example of heart work? So the first thing that I always get people to do is to go through and write down every single person that they've ever had a romantic connection with or who has imprinted their heart. Because for a lot of people, they might say, okay, well, I only went on three dates with that person or I just went on vacation. You know, this is like a vacation romance for me or, you know, my high school partner, we broke up. That was years ago. I'm so over it. But what's happened is that when we look at all the people who have imprinted our heart, it's basically we have to go back and kind of clear out what those imprints were on our heart that we can get to a place where we're open again. The two biggest things that I find for people is either that someone really affected them in a way that they got wounded and that maybe they moved on from it and then now it's time to go back into that wounding and really heal it. Or the other thing that I see so often is that people have these really beautiful experiences with people that it didn't work out with, but that, that they haven't released the energy of gratitude for that person. So one of the biggest things that I see in heart work too is that let's say it doesn't work out with someone, but you have all these beautiful memories together. A lot of the times people close off this part of their heart and they don't let themselves appreciate these relationships or these connections that didn't, didn't work out. And it, it ends up blocking them as well. Yeah. So part of heart work you... is to go back 
and see what's, you know, what's on your heart. So in the self-actualization realm, this is like bringing out your contribution to the world, whether it's like career or not, it's just in the art of creation. The most damaging thing is the rules and timelines and expectations that we are given by society about what that's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be and when it's supposed to happen. And love is the same thing. You never make a mistake. It's like, it's not like you wasted any time. It's not like it didn't happen for a reason. And there's, it's, it's never late to align with the, with the better path. But I feel like there's a lot of people who, because they feel this, the weight of that expectation, like I have to activate this. Otherwise it means X or otherwise it exposes me to X. That's when you kind of like miss the opportunity to have the kind of spiritual connection you were talking about is because like they were like, oh, not now I have to get married because I'm over 30 or I need like I have to have kids before 35. I have to like and this timeline is what screws people up. And what I see as a numerologist when I give readings is like sometimes I see like this time like and it's not forever like this. These years are for you and it's OK mm -hmm. to be single guaranteed when this gets activated in 48 months, it's going to be easier. Don't even worry about it right now. And sometimes it is okay either to be single or to for a long-term partnership that was incredible to end because the charts are taking you in different directions. It doesn't mean it wasn't meant to be just because it didn't last forever. But the script tells us that that has to happen. And that's where people maybe block their own opportunities is when they're trying to follow the script. Yeah, I think it's also what's beautiful for sure is that permission for people to be where they're at and to be, you know, saying, I always get people to just identify for themselves what season they're in. Are you in a season of winter? If, if you're in a winter season, it just means that you're really feeling like you want to dive deep and spend a lot of time with yourself. It's a more solitude focused time. A lot of people are just feeling more introverted during that. Are you in a spring? That's where you're starting to feel more open. You want to date. Maybe you don't feel like you're fully ready for a relationship, but you're like, you know, you're dipping your toes in and you're just curious. Summer mm -hmm. is where people are really ready to connect. They're really ready to focus on love. They feel like so much has blossomed in other areas of their life. They want to dive into this. And then fall is kind of, you know, fall, you're either just really starting to be more discerning and you're really on a path mm -hmm. of, I have to you know, I'm kind of done. I really want to make sure that I'm in alignment and dating people that are potential, you know, future partners for me. And I'm really, it's like a real period of discernment. Same with in fall, we're like, you know, getting the crop and deciding what, what do I want to keep here and what don't I? And I think that a lot of people forget that, that they get to be in, in different seasons. And the biggest thing that I find, which is always so helpful people to remember is that just because you're in a winter now, doesn't mean you know, that you're not going to meet your person. I think that so many people don't give themselves permission to say, yeah, actually, I'm in a period where I'm really building my business or I'm really mm -hmm. traveling a lot. And this actually isn't the right season for me. They assume if they say that, that it means that their person's not going to come. But the whole thing is, like you say, the maps, the charts, there is a time where you and that person are meant to be in alignment. And sometimes having that perspective and that knowing and that trust it's really just that trust and the timing. It's so helpful. But that also takes people yeah. looking at, am I in a spring? Because in the spring, it means that you're still open to meeting new people, which a lot of what I think people forget yeah. is that your number two, your number four, your number 15 before your one are so important. And they've been brought into your life for a certain reason. And they're meant to help you grow in whatever way you're meant to so that you can you know, be the right partner 
for the partner when you are meant to meet. And the other thing that I always offer to people is to remember that part of that is is your work then. Like it's hard to, to really root into and say, yeah, I'm single right now and I'm excited about it. But that's growth for you to stand in your sovereignty and say, this is what's true for me. And I, I say that to so many people because I think that they resonate with the growth that comes from that. And then I say, you know, your reward at the end of this is that like, you're going to end up in an amazing partner. And then you get to say to everyone, see, I told you so. But in the <laughs> meantime, you're, you're in the process of having to be the kind of lone wolf saying, I know this is actually true for myself. And part of the work is some practical things. Like I always teach people, you know, what are your three things that you're going to say when the next time your parents or coworker is asking you about? So I like get people to come up with what are your sentences? You know, your, your coworker asks why you're not dating anyone yeah. and or, yeah. or who you're, I used to always have like, you know, people always ask you socially who you're dating. So instead you, I call it the pivot. You're just like, yes, I'm feeling great right now. This is what I'm really excited about in my life. And like just teaching people how to pivot the conversation. It's annoying yeah. that you have to know how to pivot a conversation from that, but it's part of, you know, yeah. it's part of the reality of when you're on this path. I like from this side of the equation, I find that insanely courageous. Not like it's one thing to say, like, I know it's happening and I do, I know I, ha I don't need to worry about it even if it doesn't fit the societal timeline. It's another to have these all these attributes understood from intuition and trust them and then see them happen like that's just amazing to me. And such a like such a testament to the fact that you know what you're talking about because that is not common for somebody to see that sense that and then bring it in regardless of what the outside world says. So I think it's a pretty impressive accomplishment. I, I bet again, that also came from my intuition that said, yeah. you're going to have to share this because you know, I always just trusted that. I felt called to share it in the different times that I did. Oftentimes where I was like, shoot, I shouldn't have shared that on such a widespread deal. Like I shared it on The Bachelor on national television. I was like, the thing is, this is what my soulmate's gonna be like, and this is uh -huh. who he is. And then I look like, you know, I look like a total fool to most people, but <laughs> nothing has been more validating to be like, yeah, I didn't seem five years ago, like I knew what I was talking about, but now, you know, who's laughing now? And I think that it's just, I know that a lot of in my path, I meant to show people by first doing it of what's possible and to trust in themselves and in that knowing. And I think that I needed, you know, like I needed those pieces of evidence. For me personally, if I had kept it all like secret, I wouldn't have any of that tangible evidence that yeah. I think that was necessary. What you just said is like, I'm gonna look so foolish if I end up being wrong. That's kind of like that thought process is what usually blocks people from like the last step. Because like, what if I fail? And it's like, it could go on like the uh, the the macro or the micro, like what if I fail or what if I fail the this product launch? What if I like, what if I fail like whatever, like whatever small thing you're working on. And like the way that, that I realized I could eliminate that was with what you said, which is when you're doing about hard work, which is, Forget like about positive or negative, like focus on indifference. I don't care if it doesn't. I don't care. I'm, I'm doing it, but I don't care. I actually don't care about the outcome because I'm doing it because it makes me happy because this is cool to do. So I'm 
directing myself towards this outcome. But if the universe wants me to live a different story, then I'm gonna be happy on that anyway. So who, like, who cares? It doesn't matter. And that concept of indifference was what helped me shift that resistance of like, what if it, what if it doesn't work? Right. Who cares? Yeah. Then you're like, I'll trust that there is something. That's what I think yeah. it is. It's just like that trust. I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And I trust that for whatever reason, I'm being led down this path right now. And I do think for sure, if you let yourself go through, okay, what is your worst case scenario? And then what would happen? And then what would happen? And, and would you, and would you be okay? And also to trust that, I think that's why having you know some type of of connection to yourself, to to your own spirituality, is ultimately like the biggest undercurrent for for living a life that's you know aligned with your own intuition. Because then then you have that trust piece of okay, well, no matter what happens, I trust that whatever's happening in this moment is happening for me and all the ways that it's supposed to be. And what do I know about what, you know, what's best for me? Yeah. Cause there are, there's two energies kind of like co-creating your life. There's the one you control and there's the one that you don't. And it's a co-creation and the co-creation will always be beautiful. This idea that like you take full control of your life through these, these tenants is not necessary because the surprises are cool too. And when it goes somewhere else and you find something even more exciting there, that's cool too. And it's always great to be open to it. Like I want this, but I'm open. I'm open. Like could be even better. Who knows? Instead of like trying to be like, like this is what has to happen. Even if you have a clear vision of where this is. And even if that's the right vision, it's like, it's better to like, to like not develop an attachment to it. Even if you're convinced of it, even if you're pursuing it, the attachment is not like the right vibration to relate to that vision that you have. Yeah, it stays. I think that, you know, one thing that I do always think that it's important for people to remember is that ultimately anything that comes into our awareness that we really want is because it's been placed there for us. And sometimes mm -hmm. because we live in our own minds, we think, well, everyone, you know, everyone has the same idea, but it's not true. Like even in my work now, I've, I've been able to talk to so many different people as a view. And like, you know, there are many people who actually don't feel any desire, strong desire to, to meet someone. They're kind of like, I'd actually be okay just to kind of continue in these different relationships yeah. or, you know, what feels right for me is to have, an, you know, several open relationships that kind of float in yeah. and out of relationships. Mm -hmm. When it comes to businesses, not everyone has it on their heart to, you know, to build something. create a business not everyone has it no. on their heart to be in these places and sometimes we forget that because we're yeah. in a society that's told us like everyone's got these desires everyone wants a partner everyone you know and it's actually not true but if you do have that on your heart that that means you know that it's for you and you just have to trust in that and and trust that therefore it'll happen just probably not in the way that you're expecting that it will i feel like this is a good place to because if we keep talking, I'm just going to get your entire course out of you. And that's probably not a yeah. good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll close it here. Tell everybody where to find you, website, social media, just everything. Great. So you can find me on my website, which is Katie, C-A-T-I-E, Ben.com. That's the best place really just to learn more about me and, and the course and other things that I've got on the go. And otherwise, that will also link you to my Instagram, which is also my name, Katie Fenn, or TikTok, which is also my name, Katie Fenn. So any way that you want to connect, you can go through Katie Fenn and it will lead you to different places where we connect. But the website's probably the best place for you to start. Amazing. Thank you very much for joining us. 
I will see you next week for your webinar. Everybody can join. The time is on your calendar. It's going to be in the email I sent you. And then the webinar will be live on the app afterwards. Great to touch base, Katie. And we'll see you soon. Can't wait.